0: What's up y'all and welcome back to Dad Needs to Talk. I am your host Robert and today we're going to be talking about and discussing 20th Century Boys Perfect Edition Volume 3. So let's get to it. So, welcome back. As usual, if this is your first time here, welcome to Danny's Talk. If you've been rocking with me for a while, then welcome back. You know, as usual, you know, make sure to like, subscribe, follow the podcast, you know, go to Danny'sTalk.com, go to the YouTube channel, all that fun stuff to get everything from me and more. So, like I said right off the top, finally, It has been many, many months coming. I think it's been about two months since I did the uh, last 20th Century Boys book. Now, I'll go ahead and just mention up top, you know, because this is my first time uh, doing this in a while. And this is going to be on YouTube as well as on uh, the podcast stream. If you have not heard my first two discussions slash read-throughs of the first two books from the series then go to Danny's, Danny's Talk.com or look for to Talk and just search for that and 20th century boys um, volume one and volume two and you'll find both of those but hopefully going forward i'll be doing video reviews as well as audio as well um, like i said going forward so but yeah I'll, I, and i'll have those linked in the description box below as well so you know just in case if anybody wants to listen to those or go back and listen to them if you haven't they'll be there for you but you know, as usual, I'm gonna kinda do just like just like a general talk up front about this, and then I'm gonna go into some really deep specific spoilers because I'm actually gonna kinda like go through this volume because like so much stuff freaking happened, like cause th- these volumes have 21 to 22 chapters and a lot happens in that time. So we're gonna kinda like like I said, like talk our way through it, break it down, but just uh up front you know another awesome beautiful cover um and i'll talk about the person on the cover <laughs> in a little bit because i was very surprised when i found out who it was but yeah it, it like i freaking loved it it honestly like as soon as i started as soon as i got like like a handful of chapters in i was immediately like man i wish i did not you know i wish that it, it hadn't been two months And then I'm like, you know, that I like got to get a chance to keep on reading. But hey, life happened. Different things happened to where, you know, I wasn't able to to read the series for a little bit. But I'm back on it. And hopefully going forward, I'll be doing at least minimum, fingers crossed, at least one of these a month, if not more. But uh, but yeah, so we, we are back in it. We are back with our heroes. And I guess, you know, just to kind of, you know, just to say up front, just in case if somebody is here. For the first time you have no clue what 20th century boys is so 20th century boys is a I guess kind of a sci-fi thriller series to where basically it follows this group of Friends, I, I wouldn't say boys, but there there are or there is a girl or some 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 girls females mixed in the bunch but basically it's a, it's a it's a story about a group of friends who basically the story kind of goes back and forth between the present day time and back in the past when they were kids you know elementary middle school so on and so forth and it kind of follows the story of them trying to figure out who from their past is doing all these crazy horrific things around the world now because basically somebody that they knew hasn't been hasn't been revealed but somebody that they knew and grew up with grows up and basically starts this uh this uh basically this cult and they're spreading this virus all across the world and it's pretty crazy and so uh this group of characters they end up banding together to basically to honestly save the world as crazy as, as it sounds but that's where it where it eventually leads so that's the general premise of the story and so I'm going to kind of start off by reading like the, the synopsis of this one as well as like the little kind of like general catch up inside. So for this one, it is uh, for volume three. The giant robot has been built awaiting its great awakening, but the friend's identity has yet to be revealed. Time passes day by day, counting down to December 31st, 2000, the day that Earth is destined to see its end. The only ones who can save the world or the nine friends who wrote the book of prophecy in their childhood days, will humanity enter the new world, the new century, safe and sound? And so going on from there, the kind of catch-up part of this was uh, basically the story so far. So Tokyo 2000, Kenji, our main character, Kenji has been labeled a terrorist and is living in a, in the subway after trying to resist the rise to power of the Friendship and Democracy Party spawned by the friend himself. Starting with Okcho, who had been living in Thailand, Kenji is gathering his friends to try to halt the friend's biological weapons attack. However, the Book of Prophecy has revealed that the day of the apocalypse is December 31st, 2000, and every second brings the date closer can humanity make it safely to the 21st century so yeah so pretty much yeah the, the the story you know like i said like what i just read pretty much just picks up right back where things were in uh in book two and yeah we, we just see kenji and the crew basically trying to like gather their forces trying to you know gather supplies uh backup and all this stuff while also in hiding and on the run Because, you know, as we learned previously, it's like, like the friends, all these people, they are freaking everywhere. They have, they are parts of the schools, the government, police force everywhere. And so it's, it's, it's just always a question of like, okay, who can you trust? And that, that question comes up so much in this volume because like the, the way things twist and turn and the way things connected, like. That is something that this series and I'm on like I said, I'm only three books in of eleven, not counting the the bonus twenty first century one, but of, of the main twentieth century boys, I'm only on book three of eleven of the perfect editions. And so much has happened, but it it is just so good about like setting up these multiple threads to have you just guess like, okay, what is going on? Who is this character? Why do they matter? And then eventually as the story goes on, you start to see all these characters in their paths start to like, you know, intersect and bob and weave. So yeah, so yeah, seeing, seeing how all this stuff is just like intersecting, how all these characters end up, you know, being connected. It's just, it's so freaking good and the the way the pieces in this volume slowly started to fall into place because it's like it's like, okay, like we're following you know we're we're following some stuff with Connor. We're following some stuff with some new detective. We're following some stuff with some dude in prison. And you know if 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 I just kind of just just like wrote out, you know like 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 in general, like okay, here are kind of like three characters that got focused on um, you know, in this story honestly on like on the surface of it, you would think like okay are these three different storylines three different series but it's like no they all play their part in how they intersect and interweave and so yeah I, and and pretty much like by, by the time i was done with this volume i was like man <laughs> i wish i had volume four because i i am just so freaking ready to dive into the next one but i'm trying to 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 maintain I'm trying to be steady in my in my journey but man it is so freaking hard when when the material you're reading is so freaking good so let's kind of start uh kind of diving into some more specifics of, of like some specifics of that happen um because I'm trying I'm trying not to go too too long but we'll see where the journey takes us so buckle in grab your books if you have a copy Because, like I said, we're about to go into specifics and spoilers. So, hey, if, if, if you have not read this for whatever reason and you're still listening, thanks for tuning in. But we're about to get into some spoilers. But just know, hey, this was freaking fantastic. And I cannot wait to read the next one. So, let's dive into some freaking specifics. So, first of all, the person on the cover of this was freaking Connor. I did not expect that. And, and and I think because of, you know, with it being in color and just like, you know, of course, this is her older. This is like, what, 14 years have passed and stuff. And so now she's like in her late teens and stuff. And so when, 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 so I guess let, let me back up a bit or whatever. So this volume kind of started off, you know, with us, you know, still following Kenji and the crew as... You know, basically, you know, like I said, like they're still trying to like figure stuff out, and so you know, part of the thing that the friend told them was like, "Hey, y'all need nine people." Well, one of the friends, you know, he he just wasn't going to be a part of it or whatever, and so somebody, so one of them, that he got the idea of like, "Hey, let let's let's recruit the two twins, the two twins that have like was bullying them all of their childhood," but. It was revealed or throughout the story, whatever, you know, we find out later on that the main characters don't find this out or whatever. But we find out that these two suckers. So, first of all, when, when we see their, their their grown up designs, it is like, yo, <laughs> it is like, yo, are, are these the two little little chunky boys that, that was doing wrestling moves and stuff on our main characters? Because now they, they professionals, businessmen. Maybe co-owners of some company or something. I don't know. They were they wearing suits and, ties, suits and ties. But um, Benu, so somebody from Kenji's group, you know, ends up going to talk to them and being like, hey, we're trying to do this thing. We're trying to take down this group, da-da-da-da. And, of course, talking too much, gives them a freaking map. And then we find out later on that these two are actually part of the cult. And that's what leads to uh, Kenji Them's hideout getting raided. And so, yeah, all, all heck, break loose. So they had to escape from the place that they were at. And, you know, they, you know all their weapons they had finally got up, all the, the dynamite that they had, had, all this stuff got confiscated. But anyway, that that stuff was just so freaking wild. And then I loved early on the, uh, there was a chapter titled Uncle Kenji. And it was just a simple chapter of, for the most part, just Kenji and Kana just bonding you know, they, you know, he's basically, he's taking her out, treating her, going out for for ramen, hanging out, playing music and stuff, whatever, because, you know, at some point, he, he eventually, he sends her off with his mother to go, hey, y'all need to get far away from her, whatever. So he sends her off with his mother, but a little bit later on, she ends up running away from his mom and then taking her bus or whatever back and coming and, you know, going back with them. And then that's, you know, that, that basically leads up to the moment when uh what's it called to where basically the the robot thing kind of gets unleashed and starts like destroying parts of parts of the city, unleashing the virus and stuff, whatever, and stuff was just like looking super, super bad. And so one one little detail that I did appreciate is like learning where the little uh eye on the hand symbol came from. And Oak Joe pretty much just said. It was the symbol. It was the, the the hand or the finger from like the Jump Comics when he was a kid, and then the fact that when he was a kid he was kind of like, you know, got made of, made fun of for being bug eyed, and so that that's what the symbol is. And so everybody had a freaking funny laugh off of that. But you know, then things like I so said, things just pretty much just went from there, and then it got to the point to where the group went to, or pretty much like we kind of like cut off with the group going to uh, confront the the robot and one one last little detail I want to mention when 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 Kenji first sent Kana off um he puts his little white hat hat that he has on her head and it honestly kind of gives me you know it it really hit me in the heart cuz you know those of y'all that know obviously by the freaking channel name I'm a dad but with the uncle Kenji stuff whatever I I have a lot of nieces and nephews so I've been an uncle since I was freaking 4 years old <laughs> so I have many nieces and nephews so when he put the hat on her head, honestly, it reminded me of like, like Shanks putting the hat on Luffy's head in One Piece type of moment. But anywho, so yeah, so we have the moment where the group is kind of like walking down the street, going to confront the giant robot, and then we get a freaking massive 14 year time skip, which caught me super off guard because next thing I know it's like, it's like the year 2014. I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> where, where did these 14 years hat go? You know, I'm guessing things are okay because there, there's still a world for us to live, for them to live in. 14 years later, but that 14 year time jump, and then like said, us following it, you know, and then like at first not knowing that that was freaking an older Kana, but all that stuff was just like with the setup with Kana, you know, her living her little apartment by herself, the 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 manga artist neighbors that she had, and like how that played into the story a little bit later on to where. It, it, it was just so wild that like these neighbors that was annoyed by her playing her uncle's music all the time, them being vital to the plot later on. Because I, I really loved how a little bit later on where we get to to the other manga artists that got thrown in jail and we end up finding out that freaking Cho or a.k.a. Shogun has been in this prison for pretty much the whole 14 years in solitary confinement and then I love that moment where the two started talking and then the guy made, the guy just kind of just rambling or whatever. And he ends up talking about his manga artist friends and how they would write him letters telling him, telling him about, you know, this annoying girl that they had next door um, named Kana and yada, yada, yada. And then when, when, uh, when Shogun started piecing stuff together, it was like, hey, this, this is fate, the fact that just the, somebody that got thrown into solitary consi- confinement here happens to know somebody who knows Kana means that, okay, I need to get out of here ASAP because she's in danger. And she is in mega danger because seeing, like, like now let me just say this, like, Kana is freaking a badass. She's, like, holding her own. Because even, like, like, like the beginning of the time jump, where we see her, she's working at this little, like, uh, restaurant in this, like, very rough part of town, and she gets word of these two gang, I think, like, like, like the Chinese and the Thai, or two-two mafias basically going head-to-head, head. and the fact that this teenage girl goes in there and just shuts that ish down, she's like, yo, y'all gotta squash this, you know, type of stuff, and even to the point to where she, you know, she's up there, like, freaking Matrix, like ultra instant goku just dodging bullets and stuff whatever and yeah she 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 is just so freaking awesome the way she's just like handling herself and that you know she's she's multilingual so she's speaking all these languages to all these different gang groups and stuff and she even tells them like yo squash this beef and if, if y'all got a problem have y'all boss come down here and talk to me and they did both groups send their bosses down there or whatever to her to this ramen shop that, that she loved and they they squashed their beef, and they you know squashed their beef over balls of ramen. I thought that was so freaking awesome. And so, the next interesting part of the story that I loved was the introduction of Detective Chono, and finding out that he was the grandson of Chosun from freaking Book One, from Volume One. the The awesome detective. That unfortunately got taken out super early because, like, he he had like a day or so, or maybe a week a day before he retired. And y'all know, like, you know, like, 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 come to find out that like this other detective, his so so called buddy, was a friend and took him out. And so the way all that stuff kind of came into play, like, okay, you know, he he's his detective trying to fill in these giant shoes of expectations from his grandfather. And just seeing how, like, nobody in the department respects him or whatever. And then how things from there just kind of just led to, you know, him encountering Kana. And, of course, Kana, understandably, not trusting cops. And just not trusting a lot of people in general because of what she knows her uncle went through. And, And I'm also just, like, very curious to know, like, what happened on that day. Because there's, like, giant memorials and stuff all over the place for the December 31st day. And just like the beginning of the series, we have that moment again where like there's political figures on the, on the stage talking about like, you know, we faced our greatest crisis, but the 20th century boys basically was there to stop it and yada, yada, yada. And so it's like, what is going on? But yeah, but back, back to, to detective San, And so the way his story kind of like was interweaving with Connor And how, you know, eventually, you know, he starts, so he kind of gets rubbed in with her because there was a murder where basically, long story short, basically it was a a, a, uh, cop killed this uh, this mafia dude or whatever and uh, basically kind of find out later on that there is a plot to assassinate the Pope who happened to be in town visiting. And so basically how these things, you know, kind of got connected was because there was this uh and forgive me, I hope I hope I'm using the right verbiage and stuff, but there was this uh trans character who had witnessed everything, this guy who's you know wants to be a lady uh named Brittany, and how she had witnessed this murder and that now the detectives and stuff was trying to track her down. And so it, it, it was, like, so unfortunate how, you know, Kana kind of started to, like, finally believe and trust uh, Ch- uh, Detective Chono. And so, you know, Kana ends up, you know, they're basically, they get together whatever, and so they talk, give, give him this information. And so he feels like, oh, I know somebody I can go and talk to to help us out. And we kind of find out it is the detective uh that ended up, causing his grandfather to get killed. So he goes and talks to him and we find out that this guy has risen through the ranks over these years. And now he's like the top dog of the national police force and all this stuff or whatever. And so when Chono goes and talks to him and just like tells him all this stuff. Now the dude, uh, the, the head detective gets the guy that killed the other person for in this investigation to go after uh, Chono and so yeah just a series of unfortunate events uh you know chono ends up unexpectedly carrying tracking tracking devices and that's how the guy tracks him down that's how britney unfortunately got killed in the crossfire and stuff and then of course connor was freaking furious because when she got back she's like i knew i couldn't trust you because she she discovers the tracking devices and stuff in one of the little amulet things that, that another the cop gave him you know because they know like oh his mother buys him all these amulets or whatever so they planted tracking devices in them but anywho overall it it, it was just so good like i said just everything from you know like i said like the like the the beginning where we find out the twins are older but part of the cult to kenji them getting raided to them you know kenji having the moment with kana and stuff and then you know them going to face the robot it jumping 14 years and we meeting like i said older kana chono son's grandson this manga artist that meets shogun in prison and all this stuff but yeah it it is it, it is just such a freaking fantastic ride it was such a great read like i said just just wondering like okay like how the hell they gonna tie all this stuff up together was just so freaking fantastic to read and like i said i i am just chomping at the bit (laughs) to to go and pick up volume four and get to reading that so hopefully you know y'all be seeing that soon within the next month or so but yeah freaking 20th century boys like i said perfect edition volume three still good still fantastic and like i said it just it just immediately just reignited my love for this series so and I, and I guess i'll say this real quick too like i said for anybody that might be listening to this for the first time the first 20th century boys uh edition was actually the very first physical manga volume i've ever purchased because you know like like i mentioned back when you probably, you might have heard many other videos or, or other podcasts or whatever but I, I had tried for years, like multiple times to try to, to, try to read the first chapter of this or whatever online. But for some reason I would get like, like a few pages in and I was like, eh, I fall off. And so with me starting this podcast and stuff, I was like, you know what? I'm going to physically buy it so that it's extra incentive and to hold myself accountable is like, Hey, now you physically have something in your space you know you need to read this and so i gave it a honest shot because i was like i was like i'm i was like i'm at least commit to at least reading the first volume and i did freaking loved it and now i'm you know three volumes in getting ready getting ready to head to volume four but yeah i I am just so freaking excited so so in love with this series but i think it's much gonna wrap it up you know for for what i have to say in this one like so i did did pretty good you know uh took two my little notes and stuff for this, so i'm not rambling for too too long but um as always thank y'all for rocking with me you know uh those of y'all that are, that are watching the video of this you know make sure to you know subscribe to the youtube channel uh like leave a comment um tweet at me you know just let let me know reach out to me let me know are you reading Twin City Boys? Have you read it? Or are you reading along with me? And if so, what do you think of it? You know? Um, and of course, obviously, do, do not spoil me for nothing past book three. Please, 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 please be be nice to me. <laughs> please don't spoil nothing for me. But just let me know, like, like just like general thoughts on like what you think of the series. And like I said, what you think of it up to this point. But, yeah, as usual, thank y'all for rocking with me. Um... Uh, And, yeah, we're going to go head out to the outro, y'all. So, yeah, thank you for watching. Um, Like I said, make sure to check out the podcast. Check out all my YouTube videos. Go to dannystalk.com and all that fun stuff. But thank y'all for rocking with me. Thank you so much for your time and your support. And look forward to more of this as well as just more more reviews in general because I'm going to try to pump these out you know for for all the different series that i that y'all you know that y'all see me or see me post pictures and stuff for whatever but anyway never rambling <laughs> y'all have an awesome day y'all have an awesome week and yeah i'll catch y'all in the next one y'all be easy peace